Hi, my name is Reese. I'm from the United States of America, and I am a Coldplay fan, if you couldn't guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. Everybody and welcome to Code Talks, the Coldplay fans podcast for an art of the day, an art of the year conversations among this uh, great fandom and, and great community that is the Coldplay fans. My name is Rodrigo and your host for this podcast. And today we have Reese here with us. Um, Reese is a very nice guy he's from the United States, as you as you have listened. He is the bassist of uh, Atlas Apart. He is the third member of this band that we have here. <laughs> and if you're listening to this and don't know what is Atlas Apart, well, you haven't listened to Code Talks properly, <laughs> that's for sure. But that's not a problem as well. Uh, we're going to talk about Atlas Apart, we're going to talk about the band here. And um, yeah, we talked a little bit about ghost stories in this episode. Um, if you have listened to Code Talks for more than like two months you probably know already that this is a very common topic like the ghost stories is usually very commented um on this podcast this seems to be a very loved album by the fans in general and uh each episode that i record here i i i am more clear about that i I have that as a fact a fact that grows on me each day (laughs) to be honest but he gave some nice perspectives about that and about other things as well. Um, something that I really cannot leave this podcast without commenting. Like we recorded this a few weeks ago, so now today, March tenth, the day we're listening to this, it means that we have only eight days to the beginning of Music of the Spheres tour. I almost said I have all a dreams tour. Yeah, that almost happened. Uh, so yeah, I couldn't be more excited. I'm so excited. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not that active on Twitter anymore. Busy days, work, and those kind of things. But I'm checking the images and, and the posts and the pictures that everybody is making um, uh, with the the new stage and the new things about the tour getting built day by day. And I'm getting so excited. So if you are from Costa Rica, I just wanted to say that I really hope that you have a very nice time. And uh, something that just came out of my mind, if you are from Costa Rica and if you are going to attend uh, one of the first concerts of Music of the Spheres tour, please get in contact with me. Please share this with us, the listeners of of Talks. It's going to be very lovely. It's going to be wonderful to talk to you about that firsthand. Also, follow Code Talks in the platform that you're listening to right now. Maybe Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Follow us wherever you are listening to us. If you have the option of rating, please consider rating the podcast the amount of stars or hearts that you think that we deserve. And if you really like Code Talks and really want to support the show, please consider buying me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Code Talks. Pot. Uh, so yeah, I guess that was it. So, uh, let's go. Code talks race right now. Hello, 
Luis, how are you? I am absolutely well. How are you doing today? Wow, that was that was intense. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. I'm pretty fine too. This is the first episode that I record in 2022 and the first episode that I record in for season two of Code Talk. So, today's a very special day. I feel so honored. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Reese, uh, you are a member of Vatlas Apart. And uh, I don't know, just to check this out of our list, because uh, in some previous episodes, like in the first episode that I've recorded with uh, Frank, I made a, like, a silly joke saying that I wanted everyone from Atlas Apart being here. <laughs> and this is happening. I mean, everybody from Atlas Apart is happening to be here. So this is a very important event for us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So Reese, why don't you introduce yourself, tell the, the, the people who only know your Twitter handle, who you are. Yeah, so, um, well, my name is Reese. Twitter is Reese underscore W. You may or may not know me. I it, <laughs> Hello if you don't. Um, I am, I've been a Coldplay fan since uh, 2002 slash three. I was wow. um, four or five years old when I heard The Scientist on the radio and I was like, wow, I love this band. And then... Um, Years later, I found uh, a rush of blood to the head, uh, the CD in our little CD collection. I was like, hey, this looks familiar. And so (laughs) since then, I've fallen in love and just been following them. Um, There was definitely a a period, I think it was around the Viva era, where I was like, "Uh, I don't don't know if I like this band. You know, it was was the cool thing to hate on them. And so I (laughs) like... You know, under peer pressure, I was like, oh, no, I don't like the band. And when secretly, I was like, I love this band. I can't let anybody know that. I Uh, truly (laughs) feel you. I truly feel you. (laughs) And then from there on, and like uh, Milo Zylado, I remember hearing Paradise. And I was like, all right, right, come on. (laughs) You know, and (laughs) ghost stories and on and on. And then, um, yeah, so kind of since the Milo era, well, like I followed them, you know, Rush of Blood to the Head and X and Y. I was like, great. And then Milo and on, I'm just like, all right, this really the perfect band i mean come on <laughs> uh so from there on yeah and then i joined uh coldplay twitter and oh gosh what was it 2018 or so and um i'm not really too active but you know seeing all the interactions that everybody have with each other is just always one of the coolest things of you know how everyone can connect from no matter where they are in the world, yeah, you know, no matter what time zone, whatever it might be, you can always connect with other fans on Twitter and Instagram or Discord or whatever, you know, and it, I think that's just one of the coolest things. So that is a huge reason why I love being a part of this community is because there's yeah. just always this acceptance from literally no, no matter what your background, you are always accepted in the Coldplay community. And I love that so much. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I don't mean to sound preachy or anything, but, no. you know. Um, yeah, so that's just kind of where my journey has led from liking Coldplay as very young and then joining Coldplay Twitter and kind of other social media and just going from there and just, you know, all the way up till now with Music of the Spheres and, yeah. you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I need to say that I'm kind of impressed of how young you met the band. I mean, you were like five or six, 2002. I was... I don't know. I don't know what I was doing in 2002, <clears throat> to be honest. <laughs> but uh, probably not listening to Coldplay. <laughs> well, yeah, that's one of the most surprising things to me, too. I don't know. It, it, not to say it was destiny or whatever. <laughs> like, I think from that point on, is like that was where I was like, all right, music actually is like 
a huge part of my life already. And then it just kind of continued. And I started to play instruments and eventually joined Atlas Apart, which is, uh, I'm not going to say we're a Coldplay wannabe band, but we are definitely inspired (laughs) by Coldplay. Uh, Oh, really? (laughs) Couldn't um, say it. Yeah, 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 really. (laughs) We might have done a few covers here and there or something. (laughs) Do you come from like a a musical background? Because, I mean, this is a really early age. I remember talking to Patrick and his mom, Laura, the ones from the the Pledge Arena concert. And uh, she's a very big fan of Coldplay. So that's why he started listening to Coldplay in such an early age. And I mean, I think it's basically the same, like his story and yours. Uh, but he went to play the drums and you went to play the bass. But it's kind of the same. But how did you get this first um, contact? Yeah, so it's kind of crazy, uh, actually. So no one in my family plays instruments at all or has a musical background at all i think my dad played the kettle drums when he was in high school or something (laughs) for like a year or something but that's unique in terms of musical influence i always took after my parents so you know 60s 70s and 80s you know classic rock or all the kind of big hits and all that you know journey u2 queen all that kind of stuff that's really what i attached myself to and then i think i remember my mom telling the story of like my dad heard clocks or something on the radio. And so she got him a rush of blood to the head. And then that's how I actually ended up discovering it was because I heard the scientist on the radio and then, you know, that found that CD. And so I was like, wow, I really love this, but I never had the intention of ever actually playing a musical instrument. Cause I never thought I could, you know, there's that fear that, you know, everyone goes through, Oh, I could yeah. never do that. I can never be as good as them. But that's really not what it's about. You know, music is, you know, however you're involved with music, even if you're just listening to it yeah. or, you know, uh, you recommend a song to a friend or you're actually playing the music or whatever, you know, as long as you're involved in that process, I think that makes it so special. And so sure. um, that was kind of like always my thoughts like, oh, yeah, I love enjoying or listening to music. And then out of nowhere in fourth grade that we had these um, orchestra sign up sheets that wow. they came into our classroom with. They were like, Hey, you know, orchestra program starting up. If anybody wants to do it, I don't know what, what was in me. I, <laughs> like literally out of nowhere, I was like, okay, I'll sign up for this. Why not? And so I signed up for the violin and I wow. remember coming home and my mom was like, you did what? <laughs> that's that's weird you know Why not? Like, and i was like I, yeah i was like I, I don't know something just told me to do it so <laughs> um yeah so i started with orchestral instruments kind of cycled through those uh i mostly stuck with the viola because i like the lower end instruments yeah mm, the bass no yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah so that's kind of where it started was orchestral and then i gave up music for a while because we moved up uh, to a different city and they didn't have an orchestra program. So I was like, oh, okay, well, not going to continue music. And then out of nowhere, one of my friends convinced me to join marching band. And then uh, that was uh, 2015, 2016. That's when A Head Full of Dreams came out, you know, yeah. late 2015. And that's what inspired me to start learning the pianos because I heard Everglow and I was like, yeah. whoa, this song is so cool. Yeah. (laughs) And so from there on, I've just been kind of like trying to learn new instruments, guitar, bass, and all that kind of stuff. And even we did accordion on one of uh, the Atlas Apart covers. And that was a whole lot of fun. But um, accordion is very, it's a very difficult instrument. (laughs) I mean, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's, it's just been so much fun again. And like, I, you know, I, I could play 
one instrument for the rest of my life or whatever and just be totally satisfied because again it's that feeling of like you know being a part of the music in that way just yeah. makes it all the much more special and again you you don't even have to play music to appreciate it which is the greatest thing about music yeah i was thinking about that i really like the way that you uh introduce this the subject of music it's not only about playing it's not only about performing i don't know when, when someone is in love uh he or she or they can like present something like oh i i remember like back in the day where people used to make a uh, mixtape like when in, in small cd boxes yeah. like that is <laughs> love in its purest <laughs> like if someone gets into me nowadays and say oh this is for you like um Yeah. Or even like a Spotify playlist. Like I, yeah. I made like 10 songs that are here that I remember you. That's 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 very honest and very, very sweet. So um, music is a form of communication like lots of others. So it's not only about making it. It's about knowing how to listen and using it as a tool to express your feelings. Like it doesn't matter if you're making it or listening to it. Yeah. And I think that's such a... Uh I don't know what other word to use, but such a powerful feeling, you know, um, <laughs> like you're saying the Spotify playlist. I mean, that that is, well, the modern day mixtape, you know, it's it like, is. yeah, you're sure it's not a physical media, but you're like, hey, I heard these seven songs this week that I thought you would really enjoy. So I made yeah. you a playlist, you know, here's that playlist. And then it's like there might be some people out there who might find that as like, oh, that's kind of weird yeah. or whatever, you know, but maybe it's just never happened to them before. But for the people that, you know, it hasn't happened to or maybe, you know, someone makes them a playlist every week or something. But it's still like that very special feeling of like, wow, you know you can connect music with some other person yeah. who you may or may not know very well. You know, like I, I could give Frank a playlist of like two songs or something that I'm like, Hey Frank, I heard these songs and you know, I thought you might enjoy them. And he'd be like, wow, this is so cool. You know, I send him some queen tunes or something. And, but it's making that connection of like, it, it doesn't even have to be over some special occasion or anything, but just the fact that you, you know, took the time and effort to, do that I think makes um all it can make all the difference in someone's day yeah and it can be something that lasts forever sometimes that like I don't know uh, there is a song that marked a specific period of time of your life like yep. the song you listen to I've already talked about this I, f I think it was with Malik yeah I'm pretty sure it was with him that I really like I ran away and all uh a rush of blood to the head b-sides because it was the playlist that I used to listen to Coming and going to school when I was in high school. Like, this is so yeah. ridiculously simple, but it's something yeah. I will never forget. <laughs> I will never forget. So, um, <laughs> yeah, this is something that it's very powerful. But um, you talked twice about Queen already, and I just want to make a small parenthesis before we begin on Atlas Apart. That is, um, well, I have to make my researches. <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I have to get some information that probably people would not know and i don't know if everybody knows that you you are not as a part of course and you were also in a a, a queen cover band am i right yeah. <laughs> yes i was we were um we were called fat bottom boys <laughs> <laughs> great name totally appropriate for it is everything, <laughs> you know but yeah and that was kind of that was one of the things that um helped me kind of keep my musical inspiration alive per se during the pandemic because the you know pandemic obviously has been 
extremely difficult on everybody. Yeah. So um, that was one of the things because we actually started the band in late 2019, right Oof. before COVID hit, right or right before you know started shutting down everything. Yeah. And so I remember starting the band with a few of my good friends. Um, who are all insanely talented. I don't know how, why they played with me, but <laughs> uh, they're crazy, crazy musicians. And um, yeah, so we started the Queen cover band and we were about to get ready going to practice or, you know, practicing regularly and then everything shut down. Oof. And so we had to start doing everything virtually. Um, and that was also the case with Atlas Apart, but we yeah. could get to that later. But um, I, I don't know why I decided on Queen, because Queen is not um, a particularly <laughs> easy band to cover. It is. But it was, you know, we we were all just like, sure, why not? What, what the <laughs> heck? Why not? And um, yeah, so we started the Queen cover band and we actually played a few gigs during COVID. It was all outdoor stuff, Got you it. Know, socially distanced, because I... I've been very weary about doing anything during COVID. Yeah, so I, truly get I you. had to make sure the guys know, like, you know, please always wear your mask when we practice and we'll stay distance. And so that's kind of how it kept going. And we didn't practice until like October of 2020. So there were like six months or so where we yeah. didn't practice at all and then came back together and played a few gigs. And it was a whole lot of fun. And I think that actually helped me a lot with working with Atlas Apart because when we moved to online stuff, it kind of helped me get prepared for that. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, yeah. In, in the case of Atlas Apart, I think it's a little bit more difficult to like get <laughs> together and play with everyone. But I wanted to talk about Queen a little bit. Like, um, Do you consider yourself like a fan of Queen the way you are a fan of Coldplay? You know, um, that is difficult to answer. Um, <laughs> I would say in terms of their music, I appreciate it just as much as I do Coldplay. But in terms of the community, I'm not oh, I'm not yeah. involved in the Queen community like at all. You know, because every band or artist has their big fan base, you know, that's active on social media. But I don't even know what Queen fans are called. If they are called something. Or uh, <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, in terms of their music, I definitely appreciate their music just as much as I do Coldplay's because they're, it's just, it's so cool to hear, you know, the progress of their music, just like with Coldplay, except yeah. Coldplay, I've been able to do it real time. Queen, you know, yeah. they're around 70s, 80s and a little bit of the 90s as well. So I wasn't alive to, yeah. <laughs> to experience that, but um <laughs> Yeah, you know, hearing their very first album, it's just self-titled Queen, and hearing a song like The Night Comes Down, which is my favorite song off that album. Wow. And then going all the way to their last album, um, not Made in Heaven, that was after Freddie passed away, it's but Innuendo. Window. Yeah, right. Yeah, and hearing, you know, a song like Delilah, for example, which is totally hated <laughs> by a lot of people, yeah. but it was a sweet tribute from Freddie to his cat, you know. <laughs> But you hear something from their first album and then you go all the way to something like Delilah and yeah. you're like, wow, that progression just went, <laughs> where did it go? You know, like it's all over the place. It's so cool to experience that. And you could say the same thing about Coldplay. You know, yeah. you listen to a song like um, mm, We Never Change, right? Yeah. And then you go all the way to... Uh, my universe. <laughs> My universe. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, whoa, that is just completely different. But it's yeah. so unique to see the yeah. progress. And uh, I might get a lot of hate here. I'm not a huge fan of My Universe. It's an okay song. Me neither. But the thing is, like, that song, it fits the time. You know, it fits yeah. the purpose of what it's supposed to do for um, music of the spheres. And, you know, you can see that it's the same thing with We Never Change. I'm sure that if they put We Never Change on Milo Zylodo, it 
probably wouldn't work very well. Yeah. You know, it's not a sign of the time per se. So, uh, yeah, it's always cool to see that progression, no matter what band. Um, but yes, Queen is just like always been one of those bands that I'm like, wow, like this is just so cool to listen to. Yeah. Um, Cause they're all in absolutely insane musicians. I don't know how they do it <laughs> or how they did it. <laughs> This comment that you made about like um it's very clear to see co-play um in a clear dialogue with the present even though sometimes the present is the year 2000 sometimes the present is 2021 in this case 2022 <laughs> but um it's very nice to see this dialogue happening and um, to see that we have a band since the beginning that it's uh, likely to have a very honest and sincere conversation uh musically and and thematically and um mm -hmm. and uh, it is nice to see that they are the same there is this all um this new play <laughs> and old play thing i'm not going yeah. to enter this territory but <laughs> yeah. um it is clear that they changed and thanks god they changed i mean there are lots of bands that started with coldplay that couldn't make nine albums as they have now because they got stuck making the same kind of music on and on right. but something that is very clear to me and i think it is to you because we have chatted previously is the ability of coldplay to make proper albums like proper records Right. right. And uh, this is something that you can say whatever the hell you want about Coldplay. And I may <laughs> ag even agree with some like criticism about the band recently or whatever, but you cannot say that they are not able to make albums. Right. Um, I remember when Music of the Spheres came out that we have like that storyline on Spotify. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't use Spotify. Ooh. I think I know what you're talking about. But um. <laughs> On Spotify, you have like from some artists, usually the bigger artists on the platform, and when you scroll down your screen on Spotify, you have something called storyline where the artist can tell a, a bit of of a story of how the, the song was made and oh right okay like, yeah talk directly to the to the fans about the song and um i remember when music of the spheres came out i think it was infinity sign yes that uh it was written that the whole thing that brings the band together until today to exist as a band is to make albums is to make things that um properly connect to each other individually like each song connecting to each other but also into the entire discography of the band like parachutes connecting to rush of lots of the head connecting to x and y and connecting to view right. and then in the end you have like a whole big piece of art that is coldplay's discography i'm saying all of this to ask a very simple question what is your favorite coldplay album <laughs> <laughs> wow that was long oh my god <laughs> That is totally okay. No, I, I, I warned you beforehand that you know I might do that too. I might go yeah. a whole long winded expression yeah. just to get to one sentence. You, you know? are in the That's... right place. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, well, my favorite album. This is tough because I know for the longest time. I mean, seriously, since I first heard it, it was a rush of blood to the head was my favorite album. Ooh, the first but then one. a little album called Everyday Life came out and. <laughs> I Not was very like, little, I must say, but I, I, I got your point. <laughs> <laughs> I was, um, I don't know. I, you know, I would say in terms of, you know, 
okay, this this might be unfair to compare, but in terms of influence in music or the industry or the time that it's in, A Rush of Blood to the Head is definitely a bigger influence on the world than Everyday Life was, because Everyday Life wasn't really even promoted at all. Both yeah. in the U.S., you know, Parlophone was like, oh, yeah, just do this. And then, okay, now go to Music of the Spheres. You know, we yeah. need something pop, right? But in terms of a personal experience or something that actually connects to the world, I mean, A Rush of Blood to the Head, you know, is very time-centric about the times, blah, 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 you know, politics, all that, but then everyday yeah. life and, you know, the time that came out, you know, right before COVID too, of course, you know, yeah. they didn't know that COVID was going to happen, but everyday life fits so perfectly with the timeline of, you know, right before COVID hits. And just hearing that influence of like, wow, I can relate to every single word on this album. And, you know, some people might not relate to it at all. And that's totally okay. You know, you can appreciate the music for what it is, or you can just say, oh, I like the song, whatever. Okay, cool. You know, (laughs) Um, it everyday life just really took over my favorite spot. And I was, to this day, you know, I'm still like, "Mm, gosh, a rush of blood to the head is so close, but it's not quite there anymore. Like everyday life is really it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think like if we see the band that Coldplay was on, Russia Blood to the Hand, and then I, I think I said a Russia Blood to the Hand. Forget about it. <laughs> um, yeah, if you see the band that it's they okay. were by, back then, and to see the band that they were on Everyday Life, I see two different Coldplay's. Like yeah. on Everyday Life, I think that something that they once have said. In a rush of blood to the head, it's now being said in a more fluid and slow-paced way. It's like they're not angsty mm-hmm. teenagers or young adults anymore. You know, like, <laughs> they are grown-up, right, mature right. men. Like they're old. <laughs> let's let's face it. Uh, and now they're they like um, they can say the same stuff, maybe not as angsty anymore. So I guess um, they're albums right. that connect a lot, in my opinion. Like, not that anyone cares about my opinion, but I mean, um, like they. Oh, albums we care that- about it. No, we care about. <laughs> it. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like they they connect a lot in terms of of what they're actually saying, and it's so nice. Like those mm-hmm. two albums, I think it's very nice that you mentioned them because those two albums are usually what I use to tell people when they um when someone comes to me like. I'm probably just like I am. You are known by your friends as the Coldplay dude, the Coldplay kid, the Coldplay guy. Like people know you because of Coldplay. This happens to literally 100% of people, of the guests that we have here. So we are home. Uh, So like sometimes people come to me and say like, why is Coldplay doing this? Or why is Coldplay doing that? I don't know why. Like they are not that band from 2002 anymore. And I say... Well, let's let's talk. <laughs> and those two albums are, I mean, literally saying the same damn thing, like the exact same message, the exact same essence. Even like musically speaking, like we have Trouble in Town that literally seems that it was out of a version of Blood to the Head, uh, B-Sides. Yep. For me particularly, like it resembles a lot um, that era. So, uh that album for me is literally Coldplay saying, oh, we can do whatever we want. 
<laughs> and then we have basically the same thing on Music of the Spheres, but in a very different way. So, uh, yeah, very nice uh, pick. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to say something? I, I, I Oh, yeah, no, it's okay. I was, I was just going to say, yeah, everything you said there is totally understandable. You know, I mean, the band can, I think it was Chris who said it, um, where, you know, he's you know, people are always like, oh, why can't they make music like they used to or blah, blah, blah. I mean, they honestly, they still are. You know, if you listen to Oceans, for example, yeah. which I'd love to get into ghost stories too, um, Oceans is straight out of parachutes, you know. Yeah. Um, and a lot of stuff off of everyday life still sounds like their old self, you know, or um, I know it's off of Kaleidoscope, but all I can think about is you straight out of a rush of blood to the head, you know. Yeah. Um, but everyday life, you're saying, yeah, Trouble in Town sounds like it's from that era or, um, you know, like I could have heard Sunrise some somewhere around the Parachutes era. You know, maybe Chris would be screaming over it or something, you know, being <laughs> all angsty. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's still it's still that core Coldplay, you know, and it's and, just amazing yeah. to to that they've been able to do this for 20 years now. You're 23, 2000 years, you know, it's been like 2000 years or so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And at the same time, like they're not repeating themselves. It's not mm-hmm. like they're making the same kind of meat. Like it resembles, like it just talks about oceans. Oceans. It's very connected. Like it, it resembles parachutes, but it's clearly not a track from parachutes. Even right, now exactly. we have like uh, people of the pride that we know that suffered a lot of modifications and a lot of changes, but um, that we know that is a track from Viva La Vida. The same thing mm-hmm. that happened from Arabesque, that yep. it was also a track from Viva La Vida. Like aliens, aliens. yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, they're they're all tracks from the same period of time, but they are clearly not um, echoes from Viva in this case. So right I mean, to do that. Is it, it seems kind of like too meticulous and too maybe too complicated to understand, but at the same time, I feel that it's just a man respecting the time that they're living in. Like, they're not going to release a track like Oceans, um, if everything that happened in the life of Chris Martin haven't happened. So, um, right, <laughs> it's just, um it's just them looking at the present and saying, what can we do to respect the present, to be in the time that we are in? So, exactly. Um, like throwing in, you know, the the sine wave, it, the background, the do, yeah. do, you know, will on the drums, do, 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 yeah. do, or whatever. Throwing that in, like that is definitely a sign of the times because it's adding that kind of, you and know, it's so simple. Synth era <laughs> yeah. into, you know, the Coldplay. And it's not like they didn't do synths before, but it's just, you know, like you said, it is definitely, it's fitting. It's reminiscent of parachutes, but it's fitting for the era that they're exactly. in. Exactly. Exactly. Well, since you talked about, um, we talked about ghost stories now, I know you have a very specific um, perspective on ghost stories. That is something that we have already talked around here um, in a few episodes before. But um, yeah, I will let you say, I'll I'll, I'll save my my considerations for later. But um, I remember (laughs) you saying, and and based on everything we talked about, um, Coldplay making albums, I think ghost stories, and I think you agree with me, has something 
particular about being a Coldplay record? What do you have to say about that? Yes. So, okay. I've been <laughs> wanting to talk about this for so long. <laughs> I know. So I just, I just want to give a little, uh, um, little footnote here. This was not an opinion that I formed on my own. Like it took some time. I was talking with my best friend, um, and you know, we were talking about music in the modern era and blah blah blah. Like how you know, you know, an artist will just make an album of twenty six songs just so they can keep getting more streams or whatever. It's not about the album anymore. It's you know, and it's it's not like it hasn't always been that way. Of course, there's a financial uh, influence for a lot of people that you're just bound to run into that. But yeah. I'm talking about like ghost stories as an album of what an album is truly supposed to be. I think Ghost Stories is the perfect Coldplay record to use for that example. Yeah. Everyday Life is pretty close, too. Um, but I hate to, you know, uh, keep talking about Ghost Stories because I, I know that you've talked about it a lot, but <laughs> I, I'm just, like, so excited to talk about it. So, anyways, <laughs> after all that <laughs> intro. Um, so, yeah, so when I was talking with my friend about it, um, there is... This is going to be very subjective. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think everyone will agree with me. There is sure. absolutely nothing wrong with Ghost Stories as an album of what mm. an album should be. Yeah, you know, you could dislike uh, Ink or something, right? I absolutely love Ink, but you could yeah. dislike Ink and great, whatever. But I'm talking about as an album in particular, what an album should be. Albums were made to be a collection of songs that... Yes, they were made, you know, in that era or whatever, a sign of the times. But to be such a cohesive unit of, you know, you can go from one song to the next song. Not talking about shuffling. I'm just talking about going straight through the album, right? Like how <laughs> if albums... you shuffle an album, I mean, <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> like, well, that's <laughs> sorry. Well, you... You know, I mean, but that that's, you know, that's what made an album an album in, yeah. you know, the 60s, 70s and 80s. And, you know, when the Beatles and the Beach Boys started, you know, they essentially created what an album is today. Yeah. Um, you know, or you go to other artists like Queen and U2 or uh, Journey or whatever. Right. You know, they made an album. OK, so we've got these 10 tracks that, you know, what? yeah, they're great. These other three songs, they don't really fit. Let's save that for later, um, you know, or whatever. But those 10 songs, they tell the story of, you know, what they're trying to convey. OK, you've got that. Great. And then you've also got the artwork to go along with yeah. it. You know, some artists release albums with artwork that is very uh, questionable. Like you're like, mm, I don't know if this really gives off the feeling of the album, yeah. you know, when you listen to the songs or whatever. And, you know, that's fine. Whatever. I mean. I always love looking at album artwork because it's just always so unique. You yeah. know, it's like, wow, okay, that that's a little bit of an insight what they're going for. But ghost stories, you know, you start with always in my head. You've got the um, synth. The it's funny they used a alchemy synth from Logic Pro to <laughs> for the female vocals in the background. Yeah. You know the. I, I don't even know what she's saying in, in the... Um, nobody does, right, I guess. Well, go, <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole thing about Coldplay. They use synth and nobody knows what it is. Yeah, and gotta love it. Um, but anyway, so... <laughs> I'm so sorry if, the, if I go in such a roundabout way, but... Um, <laughs> don't worry. Yes. So you start with those synth vocals and the strings come in and, you know, 
immediately you're put in this, what am I listening to right now? I feel like I'm in such a dark space right now. You know, like the first time I listened to the album in full, it was at, I think like midnight one night and I was just sitting in my room with the speakers going and I just sat there the whole time with my eyes closed and throughout the whole album. And it, let me tell you that that's an experience. You got to do that with ghost stories, even if you don't like the album, but (laughs) Um, yeah, so you start with Always in My Head, and all of a sudden, the drums come in, Johnny's guitar comes in, and you are instantly put into the mood of the entire album. The entire album can be based off of just the first, you know, up until the first verse. Of, yes, yes. Uh, Always in My Head. That is the entire album. Yeah. That That's what you need to know about the album. And they keep that theme so consistent. You know, you go into Magic, and... You know, you go from a song always in my head. Yeah, you're always in my head. You know, I'm always thinking about you, blah, blah, blah. And then you go into magic and it's like, whoa, now we're talking about something that's so positive, yet it's so sad. You know, yeah. do you, do I still believe in magic? Yes, I do. And you know what? I still believe in you. You know, you are the magic to me. Yeah. I'm always, you're always in my head. You're the magic. And then you go into ink. Um got a tattoo you're always on i could just keep going about the lyrics i mean i i love the lyrics to every song so much and at the same time like it feels like you're fading or transitioning to something that it's kind of um you begin in in a more ideal perspective Mm -hmm. and the album fades to reality from track one to track nine like yeah it feels like it begins in 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 like a perspective that the way things were and uh, the way I was used to it, and then it ends on like maybe one day of flying next to you again. Like so, um, yeah. It's for me. I'm, I'm sorry. Continue. I've talked a lot about this record. No, so I want you're, to you're okay. To you. No, I I love hearing your opinion. No, like, it's please, basically the, because the- <laughs> um, for me, like that's the whole thing. I have already talked about the stages of grief and how uh, mm-hmm. ghost stories is the perfect. Um, representation for me on art of this grief thing because um, in the beginning of last year, uh, 2021, I have been to a very difficult breakup and Mm -hmm. um, I I started like on therapy sessions and those kind of things and something that was very strong for me is when, was when my therapist said, oh, you were on grief. You were on a period mm-hmm. of grief. And I was like, no, nobody died. <laughs> like, nobody died. Like, <laughs> why am I on, on a period of grief? And, and she said, like, no, you are because you were like, kind of addicted to something that now you don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that, I remember running immediately to ghost stories because of, like, I felt like that was the path that everyone needs to follow. Not saying that this is a straight rule, it is not, but like, it's how human nature behaves. Like we go mm-hmm. from point A to point B, usually in very specific ways. So, uh, yes. So yeah. as you were talking about ink, like, why do I say that it is something that we start in, in a more ideal way? And then in the end, we're not that we are more focused on reality than in the ideal like, on Ink, we have clearly, like, uh, sorry, not Ink, on True Love. Like, tell me you love me, but mm-hmm. if you don't, then lie to me. 
Like, yeah, just I need to hear it. Yeah, I just you know, need to I hear it. I need to hear that you love me, even if you don't. Just even please tell me that. You exactly. Know? I need it. <laughs> and this is so true. I mean, true love is not one of my favorites, not from Ghost Stories and not from the band. But I mean, when these songs hits on the album, like when we press play on that, you just cannot help but feel exactly what like Chris and the band and, and everybody here was like mentioned for us feel not because it's the best song ever and i really think that like you 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 shouldn't make an album just of good songs or bad of course if i think that a song is a bad one i'm not going to put this song in my album but uh (laughs) that's not the point but that's why sometimes i got a bit frustrated on like music debates on twitter because sometimes People are just saying, oh, I like this song very much and I don't like this song very much. And in the end, I'm just like, I don't care. Like, that's not <laughs> the point. Like, uh, I know. Right. Like, uh, yeah. True Love is not the best song for, of Coldplay for me, for example. Ghost Stars is not the Coldplay, my, my favorite Coldplay album. But I totally agree to you when you say, like, this is the perfect way to make an album. It is 100% cohesive. Although it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's like... It's perfectly cohesive and and understandable from beginning to end. So right, and and one of the things I wanted to get into um, in just a minute is the you know one of the big things that I always see people talk about is oh I can't relate to this album because I haven't gone through a breakup or whatever, right? And I want to get to that in just a minute. That's and, a, that's um, a great point. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And so, you know, you, you put it perfectly. Yeah. True love. I love true love personally. You know, when it gets to Johnny's guitar, that's like a shot in the heart. Yeah, that's, that's like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Like, <laughs> you know, and you just, just still progress through the album. You know, you go into midnight and it's like, OK, does this relate to the album at all? Like, what where is this about? But, you know, and it does in terms and I wish I could explain it better than <laughs> than how I talk about it. But no, Midnight works perfectly. And then you go into another's arms and then there's that grief of like, oh, my gosh, they're with somebody else like that. That is rough, you know, and then Oceans, of course, like. You know, I'm waiting for you to come back and you're still not calling and, you know, like what the heck is going on? And then it goes into the strings of just yeah. a minute of just strings, you know, yeah. and a little bit of synth in the background. There's some reverse synths going on, playing some really w- yeah. weird stuff. And all of a sudden you drop into a sky full of stars. And that uh, that track in particular, I think, has always been such a hot debate of yeah. why is it? Right here on the album, it ruins the flow of the album. Like, what is going on? But that's the thing that I think that, you know, makes it so special. Because, yeah, there's there's a part of me that when I first heard it, I was like, whoa, what the heck is this doing right here? Like, this is this ruined the entire flow. I was so yeah. sad from Oceans, and now I'm all up and dancing. But that's the thing. That's the euphoria yeah. of it. That's, um, you know. Yeah, you go from sadness into this happiness, which uh, Sky Full of Stars is still a very sad song, too. Yes, you know? like um, the lyrics are very dark. I yeah. think I saw you, you know, in this guy, you know, you know, it's just like orphans, orphans. Yes. <laughs> Upbeat, most depressing lyrics in the world. Ever, um, yes. But, uh, you know, it, and Sky Full of Stars goes into Fly On, which I, I personally cannot listen to Fly On anymore after my experience with it. But um <laughs> It's, uh, I think as the years went by, I kind of started to view Fly On more as 
talking to yourself, maybe one day I'll be myself again, or I, I will be able to get through it. You know, that Chris talks about it as a happy song. Um, and I agree. I think it is a very happy song and meaning, but of course, you know, the music behind it is very depressing, right? Yeah. It's kind of the reverse opposite of orphans yeah. um, or a sky full of stars. Yeah. And that's, just the magic of it. Um, you know, yeah. maybe one day I can fly next to you. Um, I know I'm probably wrong in this, but I, as it, time went on again, I kind of started to interpret it as you talking to yourself of like, maybe one day I will be me again. And you know yeah. what? I will be. And, and you know something like, um, sometimes we restrict some very complex feelings into happiness and sadness, and they're just not either of them. Like, mm-hmm. When you said, like, Chris said it is a happy song, I'm pretty sure that Chris knows that it's a very depressive song. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that Chris knows that Fly On is not a happy, like, happy song, like Adventure of right, a Lifetime right. or something. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like, sometimes it lacks us the vocabulary to say, like, this is not happy but not sad either, so what is it? I don't know, but in the end, again, as I told you, it is not ideal anymore, is reality. And when we learn how to like properly read reality and properly um, understand reality, it is comforting. And that's the whole yes. thing about Fly On for me. It's That's why I said it's not happy or sad. It's just comforting about like, now mm-hmm. I know what is, what am I... Um, allowed not allowed but what is possible for me to feel and and to be and without um being stuck on the past and stuck on those memories anymore like on another's arms another's arms is a song about memory it's mm-hmm. a song 100 percent focused about <coughs> memory so um and and when you were on this like five stages of grief and this whole depression thing memory is something that that leads to anxiety also like memories are not the best allies you can have because Mm -hmm. then you start living in the past and you cannot see where the the present holds and even the future so um right when chris on the end goes like basically alone on the pianos and says to the listener like maybe one day i'll fly next to you again even though like we know that this album is a breakup album. We know the story behind it. We know that it's about a more than 10 years married, 10 years uh, old marriage with two kids and the whole family on that. We know that it's, we know this perspective, but when we're listening to it, it just doesn't matter. And that's why like, I, I got so interested when you said um, some people cannot relate to ghost stories because they haven't been to a traumatic breakup <clears throat> because... Right. It's not about that. Like, it's not about the breakup. Because if it was, we couldn't relate to it. We, we, we would only be able to relate to that with Chris Martin's personal story. And that's exactly. not the point. Yes. And, and that, yeah, you put it perfectly there. You know, that's the thing. It's like you don't have to go through a, a bad breakup to appreciate this album. And I, again, I don't mean like the meaning behind the song or whatever, like, oh, yeah. I can't understand, um, you know, another's arms because, you know, I, I don't I don't have a ex or whatever who's now <laughs> dating someone else or whatever, right? Yeah. It's not about that. It's about, like, when I say the album is a perfect album, I mean the album itself is 
a perfect album. Yeah. And I know that sounds stupid to repeat that, but, um, you know. It, it, it tells a story it, in a very it, perfect way, like in a very um, tied up way. So Yes, it's what an album was made to be, you know. You've got, yes, the transition, okay, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's about breakups, you know, okay. <laughs> but to appreciate the album for what it is of being a cohesive story, uh, the music all working so well one in another. You know, you could go from, um, I'll just use like, a, I can't name any specific examples, but you know, you go from like a really heavy rock song or whatever into soft piano ballad. And it's like, okay, that was kind of an awkward transition. You know, some- It's, it's human heart into people of the pride. Like, uh, yeah, you know, it's like some <laughs> bands might be able to pull that off in a sense, but in the album sense, oh, maybe it doesn't work so well. Like, you, you know, you need something else that'll kind of trail off a little bit into the album. But no, like the synths, for example, on Ghost Stories works so well, perfectly to, you know, transitioning into one another. Okay, you know, going from- true love into midnight or whatever it's it's that perfect sense of okay here comes john hopkins you know <laughs> yeah. or whatever but <laughs> um and then you've got the album art itself yeah. you know the the wings right they represent a broken heart oh that is beautiful but then yeah. you've got the ocean in the background okay we have a song called oceans um you've got the sky full of stars okay we've got a song called a sky full of yeah. stars wow that's amazing how that transitions and relates to the tracks from the album and then you've got the singles artwork you know you've got yeah. the bird for uh or the dove for um magic you've got of course the heart for true love and, you know all just all these kind of even midnight just it it's amazing how it works as an album it i wish i could explain it better i'm just no, like so but, pumped but up truly, right but I truly I got your, no no i truly got your point i think people are listening got it too um you talked about midnight, and and you gotta be confused in the, in when you're talking about midnight, uh, uh, expressing yourself how <laughs> it fits the album, and it is confusing. Like when it first got released, it was the first song out of uh, Ghost Stories, and everybody was like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> what is this band <laughs> right. doing?" But I mean, on the album, I guess this is. Um, you, you were talking about like the cover and. Um, the wings and all the, you talked about the wings, but inside the wings, we also have more artwork. Like inside the wings, we have lots of things yep. that we can relate to the album as well. But something that it's very nice to me yes. is that um, Coplay has always done artworks that are actually part of the album. Since you, when you have like an yes. album as X and Y, that it's literally a language they created just to put like, the 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 album title and that specific code in that specific language that is connected to the technological idea of the album somehow so but in, in, in the case of ghost stories um for me midnight is the song of darkness and like it, yeah. it's it's much more sensitive than lyric i don't know if i am being clear yes. right now but um Midnight is a song with very simple lyrics. Like, it's very short, by the way. It's, it's like you don't have much being said lyrically. <laughs> but it's a song that creates... And, and when you have the music video at the same time, like it's just about darkness. And <clears throat> I mean, when we have the concept of darkness and that idea of leaving a light on in the end of darkness like the light after the ton uh, the light in the end of the tunnel and and this kind of things like mm -hmm. um 
like the less possible sign of hope of being alive, when you try to understand what darkness is inside of this context of, um, of a very traumatic breakup or a very traumatic event in general, I think then it starts to click. Like, it's not just a random yeah. experimental John Hopkins-ish song in the album. <laughs> it's a right. very, like, almost physical representation of the dark and, and the woods that they are in the music video. And when you connect that with everything else that is happening on, in the surroundings of the album, because it is the fifth song of the album, it's literally the middle. It's the song that, that yep. transitions from, from side A to side B of the album. So, um, and the album shifts a lot and into this B side of it. So, um, right. I think, yes. Uh, uh, midnight is the point of the album and, and look at the name of the song. It is called midnight. So it's, it's pure <laughs> darkness. And I, I don't know if you remember, like, um, they really, I, I've talked about that with some other guests too. When they released ghost stories, something like a week before the actual album drops, they released the visual <laughs> album, something like that, in iTunes. Mm-hmm. And when Midnight... Yes, yeah, the album visualizer, yeah, with, the wings and everything. The wings yeah, animated. And God, why they don't have it like on full anymore. That's so beautiful for just being on air one week on iTunes. But wow. Um, right. When that song started, everything got even darker. I mean, the cover is not bright. Like, it's not a bright shiny cover from ghost stories but when midnight started like everything got even darker so i mean uh, almost black by the way so i mean um yeah they have something to say i mean there is a very specific reason for it to be on the album in the place where it is um and telling a very specific message without telling much like without it being as clear as in the other songs um, right. And as it is on like we were talking about the first half of the album that it's a very clear message. But on Midnight, they did have a message. It's just not that clear. And I love that. I love the fact that. Yeah. And it leaves it leaves the imagination yeah. of the listener into the music. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you could listen to a song and you don't think anything about it. Like you're not. Oh, I wonder, you know, what this is about or whatever. You know, you could just be listening yes. to it, listen to it. And I think Midnight is one of those songs where you could just listen to it just to listen to it, or yeah. you leave so much up to the listener to decipher what it's about. And um, yeah, I think Midnight is a actually perfect example that you brought up, really. Um, and I think that's also why Everyday Life was such yeah. a great album is because there's a lot of tracks that are like that. I mean, you could definitely, you know, you listen to Guns, yeah. you could tell the clear message of the song or whatever. Right. But I, you know, Everyday Life as a cohesive album is the same thing as Ghost yeah. Stories. I think Ghost Stories did it better because of, you know, the artwork and the visuals that they did for, you know, such a small tour, for example, um, the Target uh special that they had with the Oof. scars that you yeah. know you could build and everything and um and like you're saying the visualizer there's just so much of that album that is just so perfect and it's it's one of the biggest posters <laughs> yeah i, I can see that too, you actually some poster um, around, around right there but yeah it's it's like it just the album and you know that's when chris really started also embracing the love button yeah. movement right and going into a head full of dreams how it transitioned 
that way. I mean, it's just and, and this is everything about that album is what is supposed to be, you know. Yeah, and this is something. It is very nice to see how Ghost Stories is a transition to I Have Followed Dreams mm -hmm. because it wasn't like one year and a half, something like that. Uh, between those albums, and they're totally opposites. Like people make <laughs> memes about that. On right. Twitter. Like, there is a very nice one that is like a very dark and black house. Yeah, I, I was just thinking pink about house. that one. <laughs> the pink house. Yeah, yeah. And, and you got like ghost stories and a half full of dreams, and like yeah, they're very different. And um, <laughs> I um, like uh, we know that ghost stories wasn't uh, a planned album in quotation marks. Like right. Um, They were they, they finished Milo Zylato. They were going to make a half full of dreams, but they stopped in the middle to like be, because of everything that was happening, right? Like, yeah, there was a, a huge breakup of in, in, in just one day in guys' uh garage, I think it was, or living room or something, is when they started exactly. It. Yeah, it, it was guys' something, guys' bedroom, guys', <laughs> guys something. Guy, it, guys it was house. guy, they, they were just all. Around guy, they're like you know, exactly. perfect inspiration. <laughs> As we were talking about, like it's not only how each song of the album communicates to the other, but also how each album communicates with the other. Like, yes, they have just went out of Milo Zilato. The idea was to to like finish Milo Zilato and go to something even like more colorful and brighter and, yep. and more explosive. That is, I have full of dreams. But in the middle of it, life happened. Yeah. And they respected that. And then we go to the beginning of our, of our conversation, right? Yeah. Uh, they know how to respect the present and what is happening right now. Wow, look at that trend. Look at that. Full circle, right? That's amazing. <laughs> right like, that's, <laughs> that's but that, the that, whole that, color spectrum of everything. Yeah, and that's perfect. a perfect way to put it. Life happens, you know. There's yeah. not, it's not always, you know, rainbows and sunshine, as people would say. And, you know, it's life happens. And Ghost Stories, I think, is that perfect album to describe life i mean so is everyday life you know i mean it's called yeah. everyday life but <laughs> um but you know you're you're totally right you know and i think i i i want to say it was chris who tweeted um i remember like seeing the tweet i was like oh that's kind of funny um after they released milo's Zylado and you know they started work on ghost stories Chris was like, oh, we have an album coming up that will be much easier pr to pronounce the name of or something. I remember yeah. seeing that tweet. I was like, huh, yeah. that's kind of cryptic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But life happens, you know, ghost stories. And they don't even include the song Ghost Story on the album, which also I think that adds so much to it. The B-sides of, um, yeah. you know, All Your Friends, uh, uh, Ghost and Story, the and then the reprise of Oh, which is absolutely beautiful. Um yeah. You know, it all just goes so well into it. And I'm just like, I could talk about ghost stories for days and days and days. And I'm so sorry because yeah. I know you talked about it a lot, but, you know. No, but <laughs> I mean, it's every time that we talked about this album, like we talked about it a lot in here. Like was not once, was not twice. But um, <laughs> every time that we talk about it, it's something new. Like, And, and we could connect that to lots of other things that happened to Coplay's story as well. So, I mean, this thing to see, like, when we stop to see how this album connects to the other one, mm -hmm. it makes even um, more... Oh, I forgot the word, but um, it, may, it, it becomes even more understandable why do we have, like, a very happy song in the middle of it? <laughs> like, uh, that is a kind of full of stars. It's... Um, 
Like, even the dark moments sometimes <clears throat> has something that it's not that dark. Right. And I mean, it's it's the very end of the album. It's that transition to reality, as I was talking about. Like, yes. And this is nice when you see that you're not living in a world that doesn't exist anymore. And you are finally able uh, to, to move out to reality and live the truth. Live what everybody or mostly everybody is living. Um, and, and get out of... Because like on a Half Full of Dreams documentary, we can see that how that part was actually depressive. Like mm-hmm. it was not like a breakup album... Like, um, we're not talking about, like, how can I make this not sound rude? (laughs) But it's not Olivia Rodrigo, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I love her. I, like, I I have nothing against her. And and I'm I'm very happy to see, this is a whole different thing, but I'm happy to see that teenagers now have space to talk about their feelings. Because when I was a teenager, there wasn't teenagers talking about their feelings, like, Billie Eilish, like Olivia Rodrigo now, and those kind of things. But we're not talking about that kind of love. We're talking about right. a love that was broken um, <clears throat> after years of marriage and, and two kids, as we talked about. So it's we cannot deny that it's way more complex. And we have way more um, details. Yeah. Why, yeah. And, and real quick, I just wanted to touch up on that r- real little footnote again. Um you know, you had talked about earlier, or actually, well, just now, you know, how people didn't really express their feelings. There wasn't that kind of way, you know, and then you had mentioned way earlier when we first started how you were talking about going to therapy and everything, right? Yeah. And that, I think, is such a powerful thing. And um, so I respect you so much for that, because there is, you know, there, oh, at least for a long time, nice. there was the stigma, oh, you have to go to therapy. That's kind of... Yeah weird what are you doing you know like just yeah. grow up or whatever um i actually started going to therapy too so you know I, yeah. not 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 to high five you but you know like hey no we're, it's, it's we're a doing great high it. five to have like um, and, yeah yeah but there's other you know there are so many things that can help with the therapy along the way as well you know you said they were talking about grief and you went straight to ghost stories right ghost stories could be a part of that therapy of course. or um, and that's why I love music so much is because yeah. music in general can be a part of that therapy. Of and so, um, yeah, when you're talking about, you know, people not expressing their feelings, I, but now being able to do that, I think is such a positive thing. And like you're saying, you know, you teenagers now could listen to driver's license or, you know, young adults can listen to driver's license yeah. and they're like, wow, I wish that was the song of, or, that was the song of my time when I was a teenager or whatever, yeah. you know, like totally totally relatable and it it's amazing to have that experience and you know again with something like twitter as much as i i i don't really like social media but there are definitely some positives to social media that i found and one of the ways is connecting um in that you know through music like i was talking about the coldplay community or whatever or they're fans of olivia rodrigo who can connect (laughs) to each other because of a song like driver's license or whatever you know and it's just so so unique having that experience and um and sorry to uh go totally to left field now i I don't think (laughs) Um, i don't think you you went out of the way because i mean that's the whole reason that we're here and and i mean here like cold talks the podcast but i also mean like twitter yeah Lots of different times that I, I remember tweeting something like, oh, I don't feel very well today because of this, this and that. Like, I'm not saying that I, I opened my whole heart on Twitter. 
I don't think that's right. the place for it. <laughs> like, but at the same time, every time that I said like, oof, I'm having a bad time and, or sometimes I have to delay an episode or something like that because like life happened and, yep. and, yep. and, and there is actual support. Like there is actual people who are there who haven't even like met me, but who are genuinely there. I don't, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that they like replace family and and real friends and um um, therapy no but um it's it's so nice to see that we can create that this environment and and such a loving place to say like to to be yourself and and even though not a hundred percent i don't think we are a hundred percent of ourselves on twitter (laughs) we can't be a hundred percent of ourselves on twitter it's tough through text yeah yeah (laughs) So, but but at the same time, it's nice that we have this kind of refugee because I mean, um, when we were talking about, um, uh, I don't know, I have I had a friend some years ago. Now his reality is completely different, but I had a friend some years ago who was just um, discovering his sexuality and and his identity and those kind of things. Right. And inside his house, he didn't have any kind of support. But he had the support on Twitter, so I mean, yeah. it's something. It's it, we cannot, um, and it's so nice that we can have this page related to a band that, in this case, is a is Coldplay. It's a band that it's like that has very strong statements that says exactly. very strong words, and and so I mean, um, I'm not saying that. For example, I, I have never talked to you before today, like. Right. January 11th. <laughs> never, it's never happened. Like, not face to face or zoom to zoom as we are here. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, and, and I'm not saying like, but at the same time, I know that you listen to a group of four guys that have very specific messages, and you look at that and you say, I agree with that. And this is something right. I'm not saying that everyone, and we know that very well. Like, I'm not saying that everyone <laughs> in the community is the same and believes exactly in the same things. And we shouldn't right. believe exactly in the same things. That's something that is very nice, actually. But um, <laughs> it's it's a starting point, and it's a very nice one. I mean, I, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. Uh, you know, it, it's so nice because. Yeah, we all, of course, you know, in the Coldplay community share a passion for Coldplay. Okay, that is a great starting point to making friends, you know. That is is one of my requirements. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's a great thing because, yeah, we haven't talked before this. I I, I know that you had Frank and Kyle on and, you know, we, uh, between the three of us, we had chatted about you before, Mm. like the experience. And so, like, you know, I knew of you. I'm gossip. But I never knew you knew you and so yeah. it's so cool to have this experience now yeah. um and you know it, it's one of those things that i think like you could have one conversation with somebody um from the coldplay twitter never talk to them again or you know maybe you'll interact with the treat here and there but you had that conversation with yeah. them and it meant a lot which by the way this means a lot so thank you again oh for that's me. so nice but, um you know that's so <laughs> it, nice. it's so nice to have that connection like um i one like one of my best friends um you know she's been great i i've known her for the past four years because of coldplay and it's been such a surreal experience because you know for example we we talked you know one day okay then we went and talked 
for two months or whatever. And then we just pop in and say a message and whatever. And those little spurts of like, hi, hello, how's your day going? Great. You know, makes all the difference. And it's just an added bonus, of course, because we both love Coldplay. So that's like a totally positive experience right there already. But you could have that experience with anybody, you know, um, like I've only known Frank since I joined Atlas Apart and now I've gone to know him way more than I thought I would have ever because, you know, I, I joined a band with him. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, OK, this is cool. You know, somebody who I didn't even know at all. Yeah. I joined a band with them and we're, you know, best of friends and I love it. And that's the experience I love about having social media. And again, I, there are a lot of things I don't like about social media, but there are definitely some amazing positives that go along with having social media. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing too. Once concert season comes back yeah. too, you know, everyone's yeah. planning meetups and everything. And I think that is one of the coolest experiences ever is because yeah. this person who you've been talking with, you know, like for example, I'm meeting my friend next month. Um, been talking with them for four years now. And it's wow. going to be that weird experience of like, holy cow, like we're going to actually meet in person. And then it's the same case for going to a concert too. You know, you're going to be meeting these other Coldplay fans who you've talked with online for whether it's a month or three years or 22 years, which social (laughs) Twitter has not been around that long, but you know, like, you know, just random examples. (laughs) That is just such a, such a cool experience. And I'm like, I'm so excited to meet um, my friend. And then of course, everyone else at the Coldplay concert, because Literally all because of Coldplay. Like, I would not have known anybody that I do right now um, if it weren't for my experience that I had at the concert I went to. But, like, just in general, like, I wouldn't have known anybody anybody online. Like, I never thought that it was possible to make (laughs) friends online. Um, You know, I was always told, like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, don't, don't believe in that stuff, you know. And then now that I've actually experienced it, I'm like... This is the coolest thing <laughs> yeah. in the world. What the heck? Yeah. It sounds like <laughs> You know, like we're five hours apart, yeah. but we could still have a conversation, <laughs> yes. you know? Like <laughs> Yeah, I mean wow, I I I agree with that so much. Like um in the beginning I th- I was thinking like, what am I going to do? Like I'm uh, <laughs> what if someone that I went to talk to is like a totally freaky and, and weirdo and, and you know, like it's it's right, and that is always cause for concern too. That you know, that. yeah. I mean, I, I never talk to those people. Like, it's, this is not even my language, and those kind of. Things. In the end, like I, I talked, and and this is something like if you're listening to this and have already been a part of the podcast, like um, I have talked to people all around the world, and this is just I never imagined like. Co-talk is not the most famous podcast in the world. Like we don't have a, a thousand plays in each episode, which is going to change. <laughs> but at the same time, this experience of talking to people all around the world with something in mind that it's just our favorite bands, and and, and so we we always have like a very great starting point as we were talking about. Like this is priceless. Like yeah. So um, it's it's it's. It's a very nice, and I mean, like I, well, I have friends to meet all around the world, so like this is something nice either. Um, this is something nice too. It's like, yeah, I I have been to New York in 2019, mm-hmm. and uh, last year I was talk. I, I went with a friend, and I was talking to that uh, um, to the friend about it. Like, wow, 
like if I go to New York this year, for example, this is I, I don't I don't have plans to go to New York. I don't have the money to go to New York this year. But um, <laughs> if this happens, <clears throat> I I will be able to meet actual people that I actually know somehow because of the, of, of a mere podcast. But this right. is, this is just like something that I never imagined that I would be able to live. And this is so yeah. nice. So thank and, you, and Coldplay, is- for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and that's the thing, you know, Coldplay yeah. might not even know. Well, actually, I th- well, they know about Gabby and Antoine, um, you know, about their story of, you know, how they met online and then oh, yeah. they yeah. actually end up getting married and everything. Yeah. Like, that is the coolest story yeah. ever, you Gabby's know. Gabby's going to be and here, by Coldplay know about that now, you yeah. know, but I'm sure that they don't know all, of, of course, all of the stories like, you know, like, Okay, these these two people know each other. They're halfway across the world. That's so cool. Okay, everyone here knows each other. You know, yeah. obviously they're too busy. No, I, but you know, Phil seems to stay up to date from with a lot of Twitter things. And you For know, sure. he he knew, recognized Frank. He was like, oh, I yeah. can finally put a voice to the profile or whatever. You know, and like or that that kind of stuff <laughs> is just so unique having that experience and again yeah, yeah meeting up with people that yeah. you you've never met in person like yes we are looking at each other right yeah. now through the <laughs> zoom call but you know i don't know you you don't know me yeah. but like having this experience helps us know each other so then one day if we were to somehow magically meet up like all of a sudden <laughs> it'd be like oh my gosh like i feel like i i know you like this is kind of yes. scary yes. <laughs> you yes. know that's and that's how i feel like next month is going to go with my friend who's busy yeah. i'm going to be like God, I feel like I've known you for. You're a human forever, being. This, like you're yeah, an actual is, human you're being. You're real. Like yeah. this is this is actually you. Like yeah. what the heck? And you know, that's one the- of the one of the greatest points of creating this podcast. It was also to take this uh, idea of people's minds that about the band as well. Like the band, like yeah. Chris, Guy, Johnny, Will. They are human beings. They are just like yeah. us. Even Phil. Like yeah. Phil, we some lots of people have already talked to Phil. Uh, on Coldplay Twitter because of because he's amazing because he's <laughs> but at the same time um, I feel like sometimes people are just so focused on that image of like oh my god this person is a star right and, right and forget that they're human beings like just, at the end of the day they are just human beings you know like there's there was that video of yeah. Chris uh, from the Everyday Life concert where he was like yeah. kind of cussing and pissed off at the paparazzi, you yeah. know, and people were like, whoa, man, whoa, I wasn't doing it. Like, just leave him. He's just yeah. a human. I mean, yeah, he is filthy, stinking rich, um, <laughs> you know, and he makes some amazing music. He's a superhuman, whatever. But you know, at the end of the day, he is still just human, you know, yeah. and he's one of the nicest people that you will ever know. Like and when I talked with him, I was oh, like, sorry. holy you cow, you're yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you yeah, were the kid um, that went to to play piano with him, uh, right? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I didn't. How I didn't come, want to mention that. It, how but, come we didn't talk about that? <laughs> because I didn't. I didn't want to. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I. It's. It's. I don't know. It's. It's an odd ex- experience. Like I. I'm not really. Oh gosh! Um, no, don't worry. Don't worry. I, I cut this. No, off no. Like yeah. I don't know. I. It's just. It was. A great experience, but it's just so hard to talk about because it's. I don't want to like come off as like bragging. Oh, I got to play on stage with Coldplay, but like also, I don't know how to express it in a way that you know to to explain it very well. Because yeah, it was like one of the greatest experiences of my life, no doubt about that. (laughs) But I also know like 
how extremely lucky that was. And I don't want to throw that into anybody's face. Like, I don't want to be like, "Mm, look at me. I just played with Coldplay. I I understand you, but I don't think you're sounding braggy or something like that. It's just something that happened and you are in the context. I mean, um, if you just could talk about that without any kind of context, just to say, like, I'm the one who did it. (laughs) This is something, but that's not what you're doing right now, so... Right. And, you know, I think there was there was definitely a time like when it first happened where I was like, oh, yeah, I could do this or whatever. Like I could talk about it. And like thinking back at it, like I did it once. And I was like immediately after I was like, oh, that was why did I do that? Like I I shiver and I'm like, oh, (laughs) I did not want to do that anymore. And, you know, my parents are like, you know, oh, you should go and, you know, tell everybody about blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, like I really don't want to. And. I'm not going to call out anybody, you know, there, there are people out there who would take advantage of that and really use it to boost their popularity. And that's not what I wanted to do. Like, I just want to be known as, you know, in the community, like, again, I don't think many people in the community even know I did that. And I'm totally okay with that because I'd rather them know me in the community as, you know, I'm a part of Atlas Apart or something. I'm making my own music and, you know, I'm making friends because of my love. Yeah, exactly. Making friends because of my love for Coldplay. Like, I I don't want to be known as that guy who played with Coldplay or whatever. So Yeah. But um, see, we are in the end of the episode. Everybody that is listening to this has already listened to everything we talked around here. So I think that's, I think you're you're safe. (laughs) I think that's clear. I think that's that's 100% fine. Reese, thank you so very much for being here. Um, I was kind of nervous because uh, it has been a long time since I last recorded an episode. So I was kind of like, do I know how to do that? But I think it it went very well because of of you too. So thank you very much. Uh, Would you like to say something to finish the uh, the whole episode? Do you have something in mind? Yes. And, you know, it's funny because I'm totally contradicting what I just said about how not <laughs> wanting to promote myself. But I just wanted to give a little shout out to, you know, Atlas Apart. Yeah. Um, our members have been very hard at work on original music. You know, we got, um, please don't laugh at this, but you can laugh. It's totally okay. We got <laughs> Mad Dad Frank, Eric Macaroni, Kyle Boomer, <laughs> and Elite the Silly Sausage Supreme. So wow, in case I you guys ever written, wanted to know. I, yeah. need to, I need to read that. I need <laughs> In case anyone ever wanted to know what to call us, those are the names. So I don't have one. You don't need to call me anything. I'm non-existent. So anyways, <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to uh, Atlas Safar. I'm working on some really cool original music, and I'm super excited to show everybody what we've been working on. Because it's yeah. been a year and a half now that we've been working. So <laughs> yeah. planning a release this year, maybe? Maybe. maybe mm-hmm. Something. <laughs> you know, who, who knows? You know, maybe... Maybe we'll release something and everyone will like it or everyone will hate it. And you know what? Whatever your opinion, <laughs> thank you for listening to it anyway. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to be nice. I'm very thrilled to listen to it because um, I remember when I... My conversation with Frank was the actually the first one that I recorded to the whole podcast. It was the first one. Yeah, first yeah. Of and uh, when he mentioned that, I got very surprised because I really thought that you were just going to make to have like covers and, and that's it. So it's very nice <laughs> to see that you're stepping in like and, and saying, no, this is us. This is our music. And not being even able to see like each other like and jam around and those kind of things because, well, 
each one of, of you guys is from a part of the world. So yeah. I, think it's, <laughs> I think everything you were doing, even if you, if you decided in the future or whatever to just be a cover band, um, I think what you're doing is, is a very brave act of, of believing in, in music and believing in everything we talked about in the beginning of the episode, <laughs> how music is a powerful weapon and, and a powerful tool to communicate a message. And and I appreciate yeah. that a lot. Like it, it's 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 a maybe you're not even realizing that. I don't know how to you see that, <laughs> but I think it's a very nice statement of saying like this is um, we're we're talking, we are speaking, we we um, have something to say to yeah. everybody, and no and, matter yeah. that it, it, the fact that we are geographically apart, very uh, um, apart. <laughs> Apart. Oh, oh, sorry about the joke. Pun not intended. Not intended at all. I love it. Uh, I love it. It's great. <laughs> but even though you look at at, at this um, distance and say like the message that we want to to tell is bigger than that, so I think that this is amazing. I really appreciate that. And thank you. I appreciate you saying that too. And again, I appreciate you letting me come on here and. The rest of the members of Atlas Apart and yeah. everybody else who you have it, Who's we all missing, appreciate by the way? it. Is there anyone? Yeah, I, I've got Frank, you, and 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 Kyle. And Kyle, yeah. And so we have Eric More, and yeah. Elif yeah. as well. And so okay. uh, Elif is, you know, you got to really get the Elif, you know, going. <laughs> so when <laughs> when you have her on at some point, I hope you know, make sure you get the. Eh, and leaf going so noted, noted. This is, this <laughs> but um yeah we again we all appreciate it and thank you for what you said about Alice apart like we are very yeah. excited and we're so glad to have your support and everybody else who's supported us through this so Coming we are this is really nice. we are ready for it and again all thanks to coldplay for yeah. allowing us to meet so phil if you're listening um, to that you're the you were the ones to blame <laughs> yeah you yeah, are the ones you, to phil. blame i mean come on man <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, Riz, thank you very much. Uh, uh, hope you have a lovely week. And uh, that's it. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thank you as well. Have a wonderful day. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Code Talks. This podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Rodrigo Saminis. I also made the soundtrack of the show, which is original since season two. Graphic design is made by Luis Eduardo Pinheiro. I ask you please to rate the podcast and follow us in the platform that you're listening to. It helps us a lot. Also, if you like Code Talks and want to support the show, please consider buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pod to donate whatever you want. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. P-O-D. Thank you very much and see you next week.